welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 65, Hunting Scenarios with Eddie Salter or, as I like to call it, WWED. What would Eddie do? I am your host, who has just had his four-wheeler mechanic title revoked. So last week I told you I'd got the four-wheeler running and that she was purring like a kitten. So I took the four-wheeler to the hunting camp this weekend. I killed a doe Friday afternoon to get some more meat in the freezer, unloaded the four-wheeler from the truck, went and picked the deer up, drove the four-wheeler back on the truck, drove the truck to the hunting camp, unloaded the four-wheeler, drove the four-wheeler to the skinning shed and dropped the deer off, and that's where it sat for the rest of the weekend because it would not start again. So I don't know if one of the fuel lines is clogged or what, but she's not getting any gas, so I've got to get back in there and start taking her apart, and of course I'll start with the easy stuff first before I get into the carburetor and all that other fun stuff. So I guess on a positive note in regards to the four-wheeler is that there are only two weekends of deer season left in Alabama where I hunt, and we are 47 days, 10 hours, 46 minutes and 5 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. I don't know if that's the primary reason that I'm not sleeping lately, but I'm not having much luck after about 4.30 in the morning, so could be my internal clock is getting geared up for the opener here in 47 days. All right, so before we get into the show today, I have a little bit of housekeeping that I want to take care of, and I want to thank Scott Biv, S-C-O-T-T-B-I-V, for leaving a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. And Scott Biv says, Great podcast, five stars. I have a passion for the outdoors and specifically turkey hunting. This podcast is informative and entertaining. Andy does a wonderful job keeping me in touch with all things important in the world of gobblers. Thank you, Scott Biv. I really appreciate you taking the time to go on iTunes and leave a review for the show. That is extremely helpful when people are searching for new shows to listen to. So I really appreciate you taking time to do that. You know, last week I asked you guys to submit your turkey hunting articles or stories to me to be posted on the I Am Turkey Hunting website. I'd still love to see and share those stories. And keep in mind that you're invited to send content to me that you may have published elsewhere as long as you still own that content. So if you wrote an article for your local newspaper and that content is exclusive to or owned by them, then you'll need to rewrite about 30% of that article in order for it to be considered new content. If you wrote an article for your local NWTF chapter newsletter and you retained ownership of that content, then send it on to me. Or, of course, if you just want to write a new story of an exciting hunt, maybe a funny or entertaining hunt, a hunter's first turkey, or an article with tips and tactics, then please share that with us too. Email those articles to andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Okay, so let's talk turkey. So while I was contacting potential guests to have on upcoming shows, I had an idea for a new show topic that I thought would be very interesting for all of us, no matter what our experience level is. When my phone rang back with a return call from Eddie Salter, I thought, you know what, he's the perfect person to have on this scenario show that I want to do. 
So I ran the idea past him, and Eddie jumped on the chance like a lonely two-year-old jumps all over a series of loud cuts on opening day of turkey season. So I quickly sat down and I started writing down scenarios that I felt like we have all encountered in the past, or we will encounter at some point in the future. I even threw in a scenario that I actually have encountered in the past. And Eddie, when you listen back to this episode, you ask me a question about the name of the small town that I hunted in in Florida, and I couldn't remember the name of the town. It is Holopaw, H-O-L-I-P-A-W, Holopaw, Florida is the name of the nearest small town where I hunted Osceola's there. And of course, as soon as we hung up the phone, it came to mind, which is the way it always works. Anyway, Eddie ripped through all of these scenarios just like he would if he was standing in the woods with a shotgun slung over his shoulder. And I thoroughly enjoyed this interview as I got to hear how Eddie would approach these different situations. And I compared my initial reaction or approach to his. And granted, there's no right answer about how to approach these scenarios but it's great to hear someone else's input. Now, I believe you'll do the exact same thing during the show, so be careful not to drift off the road daydreaming about how you would approach these hunts. Listen in close to learn some different strategies, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. I am excited to have on the line with me a name and a voice that you're probably going to recognize, and that is the turkey man, Eddie Salter. Hey man, I'm glad. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be with you today. Eddie, I'm glad you're here, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and run through some of this information with us. I've got something a little different in mind for this call that I have not done before. And Eddie, I got to tell you, I'm really excited about this because what I want to do is I want to run through some different actual hunting situations that we encounter often in the turkey woods. And I'm going to ask the question, what would Eddie do? You know, Eddie, those bracelets years ago, people used to wear around that that said WWJD. What would Jesus do? That's right. We're going to make one for this show that says WWED. What would Eddie do? Okay. All right. That sounds good. You know, I've got my own thoughts and, and my own approaches as to how I would move around and do things in these scenarios. And as we all know, not one way is right all the time. And every bird is different and we got to do different things. And it'd be just great to hear your input on it too. So That sounds good. Yes, sir. As always, like the old old timers, you say, several ways to skin a cat. uh, That is is definitely true on turkey hunting. There's there's a lot of ways around that, you know, things that don't work. You know, the main thing is keeping an open mind. Absolutely. Well, before we get into this, I want to see if I can trick you into playing along in the rapid-fire Q&A that I've been doing. Okay. And what I do with this, Eddie, is I'll put stopwatch on you, and I'll run through a list of 30 questions, and they're just about turkey hunting and turkeys in general. And okay. it's really probably a list of questions that you've never been asked before, or maybe some of them you have been. It's just an opportunity for people to get to know you in a little bit different light than what they see on TV and what they hear on the radio with you. Sounds good. All right. Let us let me get the stopwatch up here. All right. So what I'll do then on the very first question, that when I start reading that, I'll start the clock and we'll just rip through these as quick as we can. Okay. Okay. All right. How many full bird? Well, <laughs> I got a bad start. <laughs> let me try that one again. How many full body turkey mounts do you own? Oh, probably a dozen. All right. How many turkeys did you kill last year? I killed five. Diaphragm, box, pot and peg, or wing bone? Diaphragm. All right. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? You're breaking up on me. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Now, I didn't even hear the last question right there. I'm sorry. All right. That's all right. I said wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Okay. Wild turkey, on the rocks, neat, with cola, or with water? Oh, uh, with cola. Number of grand slams? Uh, probably a dozen. Make of your shotgun? Vanilla. Make of your favorite shotgun turkey shell? Heavy shot. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Yes. Have you ever killed a jake? Yes. All right. A 10-minute successful hunt on a 2-year-old bird or a 4-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4-year-old bird? I've done both. <laughs> Me too. Your favorite camo pattern? Real tree. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Uh, for dinner. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. 
30 mile an hour winds blowing at home the last day of turkey season and you have one turkey left to fill the tag hunting or sleeping in i'm gonna be hunting absolutely state you killed your last turkey in uh ohio state you killed your first turkey in alabama sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot run and gun one hour and not shoot i knew that one rios or osceolas rios rios or easterns rios Rios or Merriams? Rios. All right. Public land out west or private land in the southeast? Uh, Probably land in the southeast. All right. Two and three quarter inch, three inch, or three and a half inch shells? Three inch. Four, five, six, or blended? Blended. Do you prefer fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods turkeys. Pump or automatic? Automatic. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? I like the uh, I like the you know true glow, which is a uh, I guess I don't know what, exactly what you call that, but it, it's a gobbler stopper. It's a hollow sight. Yeah. Okay. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots. Rubber. You roost a bird this afternoon, and it's pouring rain at daylight. Do you hunt? Yes. Your favorite place you've ever hunted? Probably Texas. All right. We had a couple of technical glitches along the way. But that's three minutes and 24.52 seconds. So I didn't make it. <laughs> you didn't make it, but you did pretty dang good. You're right up there with Bob Erickson, who's now the retired NWTF biologist, and J.T. Byrne, the turkey dog man. I guess. I guess. Yeah. So you did good. You did good. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's jump in here and get into some of these scenarios because I'm interested to see how Eddie's going to approach these hunts. Okay. All right, and I don't know how many of these scenarios I have, so we're just going to talk until... That'd be good, and one of the reasons I like the Rio so good because there's so many, if you mess up, you can go right over the next hill and get started all over again. Yeah, you're right about that. But as far as actually probably sitting down and really hunting a turkey, I'd probably... The challenge is the eastern without a doubt, but you know, but the funnest turkey, and getting out there where a bunch of them's at, that's the main game. Yeah, that's that's always a lot of fun. That's one of the reasons why I like the Merriam so much is, you know, they're vocal and there are a lot of them in, in those areas that you go to that got yeah. them. And they make me feel really good. They make me feel like I'm the best yeah, turkey hunter right. to ever that's step right. in the woods. Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, well, here's a scenario for you. It's the first week of season in South Alabama, and you saw a gobbler and six hens go to roost the night before this particular morning turkeys went to roost in an area that you're familiar with and you have a pretty good idea of which trees the turkeys actually flew up in mm -hmm. so the next morning you wake up and it's a clear calm bluebird morning and the first scenario out of this is you get into the area before it cracks daylight and you're dealing with some vocal hens and a gobbler that's only gobbled two times on the roost he flies down hits the ground and he says nothing else what would eddie do well, well, first of all, I try to get in there, you know, are you talking about the edge of a field or woods or, you know, whatever scenario. If it's field area, I'm going to probably try to get in there basically as, as, as close as I can before daylight. And pretty much wherever he picked up from, I'm going to probably be sitting right there pretty close. And I'm going to actually have a Jake decoy out and maybe a hen decoy out too. And, and maybe maybe do some, some half Jake gobbles and to let him know he's got some competition in there. And especially if he's... I'm Trying to create some if he ain't been gobbling, but uh, trying to create some response back from him for another gobbler being in his area. Yeah, and that's a really good strategy to do that. You know, and one thing that I and, think... And, and, and another thing I like to do, too, is, you know, you're looking at the first 10 days of season, it, that 90% of the time, hens, either you're going to have a gobbler that's looking for hens or a gobbler that's hened up, and you really try to, you know, say close the distance. You try to go another 25 or 30 yards closer to him and, and hopefully with that competition with the hens you're going to call aggressive anyhow but maybe he would fly down and he might move to you and close enough where you'd be able to shoot him without you know if you were out there you know 150 yards or so he ain't going to close that much distance but if you're 80 yards or so from him in the tree and he flies down then maybe 40 yards from you or you know 40 yards from the tree or whatever or 30 yards from him, if he moves to you he might just come in a little bit but he ain't going to go far because he knows he's got his hands, but sometimes I've been able to go in and you know, and, and you know, that's a chance you take a messing up your turkeys, you part mm -hmm. busting them off the roost or whatever. But if you bust them off the roost, just try to go on and do a good job and really try to scatter them good, and you know, and then and then let patience come in there. And because uh, a lot of times they'd be trying to get back together, I've had them as quick as five minutes or so trying to get back together, and sometimes just an hour and a half before I get a piece out of it. 
officer. But, uh, right. you know, just because you bust them don't mean your hunt's over with anyhow. So if you buck. And I know I run yeah. you around the world on all that, but, you know, different scenarios in the early season. But try to be aggressive with them and try to get as much as you can and call a little bit more than you would a little later on. Yeah, and that's the thing with this. There are so many variables as to how these situations play out that you would do something different. If X happened, you would do Y, but if L happened, you'd do M, yeah. you know, and so you don't know if X or L is going to happen. You just got to go out and make the best of what you can make, and I think it's just good for people to hear what options are out there, and, and some of these people are going to think, I never would have thought of that, Yeah. and so, you know, I think for a lot of people to hear your first response be, I'd set up a Jake decoy and a hen decoy, and I'd give some half Jake gobbles. Well, that yeah. ought to tell people right off the bat that Eddie's going to be aggressive oh, yeah. in the woods. Yeah. And I think that that's one reason why Eddie kills a lot of turkeys. So I would just tell you, if you're in an area that has a lot of turkeys in it, you can yep. afford to be aggressive. That's right. That's right. And if you're in an area that's a 40-acre plot and that's all you've got to hunt, and there's a bird in there, you may not want to be as aggressive, but those are things to think about. So That's a great strategy right there because, because if you run all over ripping and snorting, and you ain't got no more, you ain't got nowhere else to go, but come back and redo it again. But, you know, you don't want to That's educate right. them no more than what they are. That's exactly right. Now, keep in mind the same scenario. Are you going to do anything different if the gobbler never gobbles on the roost and there's very little talk amongst the hens? even before fly down and after fly down, or are you going to still pursue it the same way? Well, you know, basically, if I'm not hearing the hens talk that much and, and turkeys not being real aggressive, you know, I, I kind of look at that and I, and, I, and I strategize my call and don't I don't try to be, you know, quite as aggressive. But it seems like if the woods comes to life and the hens really crank up, gobbler, you know, cranks up, then I'm really going to be aggressive with it. But I kind of let the turkeys dictate to me a really how aggressive, you know, and how I approach that. But I still probably, I think, you know, I think visually, you look at turkeys hearing you and, and where they see you, and I think if you get where they can see a Jake decoy, I think it's going to really play in your in your favor because normally they're going to come in and, you know, they're going to find out what that Jake's doing in the area or, or that gobbler or whatever. I just, big, you know, big, big strutting times, I, sometimes I feel like I run turkeys off that maybe not just hadn't got that. Seems like in early season, a lot of times they don't get that aggressive going on to get into the period of really mating with a lot of hens and the more they get to mate more aggressive they I think they get food proof in type deal they get where you know they think they've sure enough the boss and uh, and that's when they'll come in at these bigger decoys but I think I think I think hunters need to be careful with these big full body mount decoys. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That's something that can work for you but it can just as well run a bunch of birds off that are not the dominant bird out there. Yes sir. And I, I like filling my tag with two-year-olds just like I do a four-year-old, so that's I don't want to run any of them off. Oh, that's right. Yes, sir. Now, just out of curiosity's sake, does the weather change your approach at all out there if it's raining and windy in that same scenario? Well, it does. And, and what I do then is I end up getting into more of a blind situation. And, I, mean, when, I mean, I really try to get where that I feel like I can move my gun to one position to the other because a lot of times the weather, the turkeys are not gobbling. That don't mean they still won't be coming to calls or responding to calls. That means that, that don't mean that they may not gobble, but that if you if you can go on and take some preparations where if you know you if you're looking at a you know a half circle where you can cover that half circle and and, and move your gun and that's what I try to do and I try to let patience play it factor because I know you know I know that's going to be the same scenario anywhere I go so probably turkeys are not going to gobble but I do I'm going to go back to my scouting and knowing the terrain and knowing the turkeys in that area that they've been habit of and working that particular clear cut or a field or just depends on you know roadways or uh, their travel routes or whatever and if, you know i'm going to figure out you know and set up in a blind you know best what i think their travel house going to be yeah all right well let's move across the country a little bit okay let's go to pennsylvania and hunt okay. some public land let's go late season okay it's nine o'clock in the morning and you shock two long beards into goblin a couple of times each with a locator call all right okay. so scenario one the birds are separated they're about 400 yards apart and you're about 300 yards from bird number one and 500 yards from bird number two. 
and you pull up on your phone, you look at Google Maps, and it doesn't look like there's any real big obstacles between you and the birds, and there's nothing but trees. So no creeks, no hang-ups, anything between you and the birds, or between the two birds themselves. Mm-hmm. And you have not made a turkey sound yet. What are you going to do from there? Well, if, you know, if it's a roadway and I feel like I can kind of get in between both birds, I'd rather position myself in between and, you know, and start off with some uh, some light hen calling and, and see see their response and, you know, not, not be over aggressive, especially on public ground. And I'm not going to be gobbling to them or anything like that on, because of the safety factor right there. Anytime that, right. you know, we mentioned gobbling, anytime that you get on public ground, you really need to be careful but walking around gobbling to them. But anyhow, I'm on... Uh, attack it real just just real subtle and and have a couple different calls ready where if if, if i start off with a mouth call or start off with slate or a box and they don't seem to be liking either one that i'm gonna i'm gonna try to hit multiple calls to see what kind of response i get and hopefully i can get one of them to break to me and then if, if one of them does break that you know and i can tell he's moving that's the one i'm gonna position myself on and uh, you know really try to focus on that particular turkey yeah so you're going to try to get in a position somewhat between the two birds before you make that turkey sound and then try to figure out which one's more responsive at that point and move yes, on sir. him? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So let's say that instead of the birds being separated, same situation except they're together and they're gobbling sporadically at crows after you get them to shot gobble from that point. Mm-hmm. And let's say still you're about 400 yards away from them. Keep in mind we're talking mid-morning, late in the season. What's your approach from that point? Well, late in the season, we've got more foliage on the tree, so you know automatically, if, if you're going to set up 125 yards, I you know I try to ease on in there within 80 yards of them, and then I you know I still you know I still got public on my mind. I, I feel like they've already had a real good education in every turkey call out there. So the main thing I'm going to try to do is just do some real light calling. Try to let the turkeys hit the ground. If I, if I feel like close enough, I ought to be able to hear them come out. As soon as they come out, then I might get a little bit more aggressive with a little bit of cutting and, and, and do a cackle and let them know that I'm out of the tree. And uh, then I might just kind of shut up and play a play a weight game with them a little bit. But but one thing I found out, you know, by hunting, uh, and, I, and I know I'm probably getting in way off course with a lot of things, but I hunted with Matt Moret and Nate Hosey and them up in Pennsylvania, New York area. And I wanted to treat them turkeys. Nate was running the camera for me, and I wanted to treat them turkeys, you know, because we was hunting private property like we i was hunting turkeys in alabama i got them they flew down i got them coming to me and i just shut up for a while didn't, didn't want to call want to be hard to get like i would these turkeys down here that's been called to a lot and 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 i found out real quickly nate says man you need to be you need to be hammering these turkeys and you know i really wanted to argue with him a little bit he wanted me to be real aggressive with them all the way on into the gun he said these turkeys right here seems like if you don't stay aggressive with them or call and the more like you can the, the better you can you can sound like a turkey and, and be aggressive with them and you just just call them out on into your gun barrel and sure enough i started doing that and you know i was up there for about four days in my last couple of days i you know, I got the turkeys rolling in a lot better by being aggressive. A completely different thought the way than I would hunt a bird down south. Yeah, now that's interesting. And was it, it mid to late season? I think this was mid season. But now during that, during that, I think I was up there four days or five days. During that four or five days, you know, span right there, I had three turkeys shot out from under me on private ground that another hunter snuck in there and shot and killed oh, and got man. the turkey or either just messed the hunt up. But I, I mean, we're close. They didn't they were supposed to be in there on that particular hunt? And uh, yeah. so it really had me. It really had me spooked a little bit. But but you know that's just it's so many more hunters up here. So but I would say you know I don't you probably you don't need to get into all that. But I'd say that I ended up I learned a lesson from some young turkey younger turkey hunters to be aggressive and and vice versa. Then younger turkey hunters come to Alabama and Nate hunted down here two years before he killed one. He wanted he was so aggressive these turkeys and and you know, I was kind of letting him do his own thing and he was having a problem with them and I told him man you call it too much you need to, to back away from your calling and and i it, it is i mean it's completely different the turkeys up there I, in that particular area now that, that might not be statewide but in that particular area they like you know and i'd hunted new york and pennsylvania before and i've killed some turkeys and you know but i can't remember if i was struggling with them but i was struggling with these turkeys up there by not calling that much i really was yeah 
Now, in that scenario that I gave you, would you use decoys in that setup? Yes, yes. I'd okay. use a, I'd use that Jake and you know Jake and hen. Now it depends on if I'm in the edge of a field. In woods, I don't seem to be you know I don't seem to use decoys as much in wooded areas. Seems like you know I just think it's turkeys a lot of times, especially late season. It's been got so thick in most cases that they already killable before a decoy can really do you much good anyway. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let me throw another scenario out at you then. Okay. You're hunting mid-season in Kentucky on public okay. land again. Okay. And you're running and gunning, and you've got, you get a bird to gobble, say, 3 o'clock in the afternoon with a series of real loud cuts. Mm-hmm. He gobbles one time, and you don't move on him yet because you want to make sure it's not a courtesy gobble. So you get him to gobble a second time, and you set out to close the 250-yard gap between you and the gobbler. Mm-hmm. While you're closing the gap between you and the bird, he starts gobbling on his own, and you're able to use the terrain to your advantage and get, say, 75 yards from him. What do you do next? Well, I think I just set up as quick as I can. Try to try to be looking at as good a setup as I can. Big trees break my outline, and because I mean, I treat I treat especially in the afternoon. Really, you know, on from eight o'clock on all in the afternoon, you know, all day the rest of the hunt. If I get a turkey moving my direction, or or if I moved in and felt like he's moved some, my opinion, he's going to either come in and within fifteen minutes, or you're not going to shoot him anyhow. He's hand up, and uh, so you know, you just go in and you know. And, and just let him know you're there. Just keep calling to him, and, and if he, you can really tell that he's making that big break, you know. Just try to keep up with him, and because he's come in a lot of times real aggressive, and you just want to make sure you you got your gun in the right where you need it at, and and because they'll come in sometimes so quick on you, and uh, yeah. because they're looking for that hen, they gonna get busted away from my hen. But that's what I'll do. If I make a turkey gobble, I'm gonna set up on him. as pretty much if, if I, I'm gonna move the distance, I feel comfortable, especially if he's gobbling on his own. And but if he's just you know stayed put right there, then I'm gonna kind of go in and. You you know, and just, just, you know, fill him out, see if I feel like he's got hands with him or what. Yeah. Now, let's say he doesn't keep gobbling. Let's say he gobbles those two times and he's just quiet from that point. And you've guessed him to be 250 yards away from you. What do you do from that point? It's, let's say it's been five minutes since you got the second gobble. What what are you going to do from there? Well, you know, I'm actually going to, you know, Maybe maybe easing in with some real light calling a little bit, and then then I'm gonna kind of step it up like you walking upstairs, getting a more a little more aggressive. Maybe throw some cuts in there, and see if I can pull a gobbler out of him and see if he see what he's doing. And then then if I sit there and and you know and he may he may have gobbled again on his own or whatever. And uh, sometimes you know I'll abandon that setup on him if if he feels like I mean if I feel like it. Uh, he's gobbled two or three times, but you know he ain't moved. I'll maybe try to, you know, look at my phone or try to figure the terrain and try to move on him and get a, another setup because a setup on him because it may be sometimes you run into turkeys that just don't like to come in certain areas. Maybe because maybe they got beat up the last time. They may be intruding on another gobbler. Maybe a satellite gobbler. And uh, you know, a lot of these scenarios we don't know why a gobbler won't come in there, and we still won't ever figure it out. But you know, sometimes it takes if you set up on one and don't have much luck to go for broken. And try to go way out around and get, you know, maybe a crow call or something if you can get a gobble out of him and move all the way around him if you can and reset back up on him. And that's within, that's within, after I flew with a turkey, within about 30 minutes or so. Right. Okay. So, so your question, bird... your question, I'm just going to fill him out and hit him and I'm going to check his temperature. Yes. Like if I call, and, and a lot of times I'll check a t- turkey's temperature if I call to him just. <laughs> And he cuts me off before I ever get finished up. I feel like that turkey's telling me he's very killable. But if you call and in this several, seems like several seconds in between before he answers you or he don't answer you or whatever, well, turkey, he's going to be tough. He's going to, you know, he's, he's telling me right then, yeah, he's interested, but he ain't going to, he's not going to break his neck. But then a lot of times, too, I like to, you know, especially on up in the afternoon, I like to jump on a turkey. I like to let him gobble. If he just, especially gobbling on his own he answers a crow or whatever it's cut him off it's i mean telling you i mean just think about it. you like for a turkey to answer you when you call well what you think it does to him when he hears you jump back on him answering him and i think that start gets into a head game right there and and 
I, and they really like it. I really think they, when you hit them right back before, the first thing they hear is that hen calling back to them. When they gobble, I think it's, you know, I really think you get, you get in that head. I agree with you. I'm glad to hear you say that. To me, that's one of the things that as a newer turkey hunter, I was not doing. I was getting input from some old timers when mm-hmm. I first, first started hunting, and I was always told, if you call and that turkey gobbles, don't you call again. Don't you <laughs> yeah. answer his gobble because it makes him think that you're coming to him. Yeah, but no, I, so, think it, no I think it just it becomes a head game. I think it because the hunter, it makes you feel good, so you know it's got to make him get excited when he hears a hen. And then I think you, he gets so excited, so excited he gets he gets his temperature up and he's on his what? And... Uh, well, I may be completely off base here, but I haven't had too much of an issue with it since I started looking at it this way. I like to kind of put myself in that turkey's shoes. If I had said something to a woman of, hey, why don't you come over to the house this evening? We're going to cook dinner and hang out. It's just going to be the two of us. And I said that on the telephone and she said nothing. Yeah. I might just accidentally go <laughs> and hang, hit the hang up button right. on the phone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. But if she if she said, Yeah, you yeah. know, I'm I might I might step that up a little bit and say, That's Well, right. you know, That's after right. dinner we might open up a little bottle of wine and right. light some candles and what do you think about that? And if she That's says nothing, I might hang up the phone again. That's right. But if she says, Yeah, I think, well, all right, we're gonna step this up a little more. So I don't think that the turkeys are too much different. That's right. That's right. When you bull when you bull all that down, obviously they're not gonna right. cook dinner and serve some wine. I think you're right. Yes sir. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear you say that because I think more hunters, especially new hunters, need to hear that and don't over talk them when they answer you back, but let them know that you're there and you like what they had to say just like That's they right. liked what you had That's to say. Right. So all right. So let's talk about another scenario and let's talk some Merriam's turkeys. Okay. All right, so you're hunting in mid-May in the Black Hills of South Dakota, and at daylight, you hear a tom gobble, and he is tearing it up. Let's say he's gobbled 50 times on the roost. As you're making your way towards him, you get up there about 75 yards from him. You're able to use the terrain to your advantage and get fairly close, and you sit down. As you're getting your calls out of your vest, you happen to look up, and you see two hens coming from the opposite end of the ridge that you've set up on. When the hens get to within about 50 yards of him, you hear him fly down from his roost, downhill, away from you, out of sight, mm-hmm. and then he gobbles when he hits the ground. So let's say at this point, he's about 125 yards from you gobbling, and it sounds like he's moving back up the hill that you're on, but you've lost sight of the hens. So what do you do at this point? One thing about a Miriam turkey, I, I really I think we can throw old school out of the book right there and open up a new chapter on it. I think you really need to call really aggressive out there. What I've, I've, I don't know how many Miriams have hunted over the years. I've, I learned early on to be really aggressive with them, and uh, it's just like ca- almost calling the feathers off of them. I don't think you can call too much of a Miriam. I really don't. I, and I think you keep that interest up. You know, one year we had a rider hunt out there. And, you know, nobody, you know, to start with, uh, you know, about a day or so, I flew with the turkeys and we, you know, didn't nobody have any luck. But then, then I started jumping on them and uh, I think, I, you know, we killed on the hunt. I called up several turkeys and other guys wasn't, you know, wasn't calling them up. You know, they was not having any luck, but I was just being super aggressive with them. And sometimes you in the camp like that, a lot of times you don't want to go to talking off because you got other pros in camp. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, you just keep some of the things to yourself. And, and so that's what I did on that particular hunt. And uh, I was very, in that way, I had them riders ready. They were cutting my steak at night, man. They were ready to go. They thought I was king on that deal. So <laughs> I've done that same scenario in Texas one time on a, on a bunch of Rios. Get, got started doing a fighting purr with a mouth call and a slate and being real aggressive. And that's all I was doing. And, I mean, it was a bunch of us out there. And I was almost one killing any turkey pot by doing that, doing that fighting purr on that. So sometimes, you just got to be, a, you know, be aggressive. But boy, I just think, I think, that, you know, on your scenario there, is you, you just want to keep calling. You just want to, you know, and if he shuts up, chances are he, he's probably got with the hens. And, you know, I don't care who you are and how good you call, they get hens up. You can't hardly call them away from them. But now, you know, give it another hour or two or whatever, and, uh, you know, the hens can get away from them. A lot of times you can go back there at 10 o'clock and uh, cover some of that same territory and crank that old guy up. He's going to lose his hen. And another thing that they love, 
love out there too is uh, using a, a tail fan. Man, they love you hold that tail fan up. They, they'll run over you out there with that, which is it's dangerous. But if you're going to hunt out west right there, Kansas and out there with Rio's and, and Merriam's, you need to stick your tail fan in your vest right there and lay it down right side of you like they're calling. And don't be scared to pick it up and turn it and show it from time to time if you've got one hung up with some hens out there. Yeah. Now, in that in that scenario, are you going to use decoys at all, or are you just going to call? If I'm in the woods, if I'm in the woods, and like you said, he leaves that, you know, he flies down. Or if I, if I got a roadway, anytime if I'm in the woods, or especially fields, but I'm gonna use a decoy. I'm gonna take a decoy with me every setup. I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a, a, a Jake or, or a hen with me with with uh, every setup. And uh, chances are he's gonna come in there. He's gonna come to. He's gonna come to your setup. I promise you. If he's coming down to a road, and the reason I like that is because nine out of ten times. We videoing and or I've got somebody that I don't know what kind of hunter they are and it really takes a lot of pressure off the, the video camera and all that and especially mm-hmm. with new hunters if you take in somebody that hadn't got a bunch of experience out there use a jake and hen on whatever setup but if you in real thick woods like that here in Alabama or some of these areas and ain't got no roadways or anything a lot of times right. you're just wasting your time sticking, sticking a decoy out because you already kill the turkey when it gets in there yeah, that's true. Now let's let me change something with that scenario a little bit. So when I first ran the scenario past you, the bird flew down and started walking back up the same ridge that you're on. Okay. In this situation, let's say he's flown down and he's gobbling on the ground, but he's not moving at all. He's just staying put, but you still don't know where the hens are that you saw. Yes, sir. Does that change anything that you're doing, or are you still approaching well, that I feel, you know, the same like, way? You know, and I'm thinking too that chances are that he's waiting on them hens to come to him. He's you know he's he's gobbling and uh, and he's you know he's gonna see what they gonna do or whatever. And uh, and that's why I feel like to be aggressive. I like you know I like to be aggressive. I try to change up calls to see if I can pull a uh, gobble out of him. You know if he has moved, but if he's still if he's still hanging in there where he was at right there, you know I just you know I let patience play a, you know play a part in it and see see what he's gonna do on his next move if he's moving back down the hill if he's moving west or if he's moving east or you know whichever way he if he's coming to me i'm gonna stay put but he seems like he's going in different directions i may get up and move way around him and come back in and try to get on the same area i feel like i mean the, the path that he's going down to try to cut him off and 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 then try to you know maybe you know get ahead of him enough to stick a decoy out or maybe get in there close enough i can use the fan or whatever mm-hmm. because i feel like if he's moving away from me, I feel like he the hens got to him, and the hens wanted you know he, they, you know they didn't want nothing to do with competition. So so you got to do something. If you it's not if they moving away from you, and you feel like the hens are there to stay in the game. You got to do you don't have to move and try to get get on his path that he's moving toward. But that means especially in you know in that high country out there, it means you're going to make pretty good if you unless you've got a road, right. you're going to get on up because you just can't jump up and move around out there like you can in some of this flat country. Yeah. Not a flat footed redneck like myself. I'm not real good on those hills. No, me either. <laughs> so let's say he is moving away mm-hmm. and he moves up the next ridge over, but another bird starts gobbling two hills away from you in the opposite direction mm-hmm. are you thinking you might ditch him since he since you're pretty sure he's got hens with him at that point and maybe, Ab- maybe take ab- him later absolutely if i know really if, if i got another option pretty quick if i know that they got hens and not and they not coming they not coming my way then i'm gonna i'm gonna try to go see what this other turkey or satellite turkey see if i can get him coming in or whatever i don't want to fool with that one with hens, but you know you ain't got to be very smart but you gonna if you fool with one with the hens a lot of times you gonna lose out you're gonna get that figured out pretty quick mm-hmm. okay all right so we're gonna change states again okay i'm gonna take you to southwest kansas in mid-april for their opener okay you're hunting on a 10,000 acre ranch the night that you arrive into camp there's a cold front that moves through you wake up the next morning you go outside there's a light dusting of snow on the ground 35 degrees is going to be the high temperature that day, mm. and the wind is howling from the northwest at 25 miles an hour, and it's going to blow for the next two days. The wind, if the wind's blowing and that front comes through, a lot of times uh, it's not going to get no higher than about 35. That, that's tough when it's getting cold like that, and, and I realize these turkeys a lot of times are 
a lot of them will move out, you know, especially if it's rained or, or whatever. They're going to move out and hit, try to hit some edge of the field. So if this property's got some fields, and if I know turkeys have been coming into some of these areas, I've already scouted, or, or the landowner or, or the outfitter or whatever knows turkeys there, I'm I'm just going to pull in and, and I'm going to be patient. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just maybe set up a decoy or two in the edge of the field, make me a blind, because cutting and running ain't going to get the job done if, you know, if the wind flow or whatever you you know it's hard your turkeys ain't gonna be gobbling real good but i think you know reason i build that line is to be ready for them whichever way they may come in and i can move and get my gun on them and i'm gonna just go revert back to the old school and you know i'll sit there an hour 15 30 minutes if i don't do any good then i may move to another area where turkeys have been sighting or, or if i've seen them in the areas just keep moving because it's nasty anyhow and just keep moving around and about and uh, hopefully that uh, maybe i can pick up an old goblin i'm gonna use a call i'm gonna use a box call i'm gonna use one that i can really have a lot of volume with it where they can hear it you know a lot of times these old box calls will give you that opportunity to try to, to broadcast that you available out there that they can hear mm-hmm. now let's say you got out right at daylight you didn't have a, any success on your early morning hunt but you spot some birds let's say there's three long beards mm-hmm. with with some hens out on the edge of a 60-acre cow pasture down in a draw out of the wind. And the, the long beards are not strutting. They got no coloration in their head. They don't even look like they're interested in doing anything other than just surviving that day. Yes, sir. What do you do at that point? Well, you gonna try to get them interested, or what? what do you yeah, do? I try to get them interested, and maybe maybe I can get position, and maybe like I said, uh, you know, I'll use a tail fan on them a lot of times, and and I'll gobble to them a little bit. I'll use it. I'm on private ground. I'll gobble a little bit, maybe create a little bit of interest that way. But to try to just try to figure out something that uh, it seems like I get their attention on, and uh, you know, hunting Missouri one time like that, and just in in let patience. We we were watching these turkeys and got pinned down couldn't move couldn't go nowhere we were in the bottom like you're talking about out of the wind and finally we just kept on we would use slates uh use box shepherds mouth calls me it was me and my cameraman he he liked to call too and we both were sounding trying to sound like as many hens as we could and finally we got them they broke and it, it with the hens and, and then they come up there a little bit then broke and left the weight left the hens and uh, we didn't even have a decoy set up they just come on into their calling and, uh, that's where it just being patient. We were pinned down with nothing else, no other game going on. We had to stay there, and and we did. And uh, so, uh, was we we killed uh, killed you know a real nice turkey out of the deal. But and it was I guarantee you it was an hour and a half hunt. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you do just have to stick with them. Well, you know, it was in it was in the property line too. We, we we were setting up there, and the turkeys were 150, 75 yards from us, and I could see a line of trees coming down. That's that was the end of the property. Either they keep going that way, and we can't hunt them. If they pinned around, and he bred some hens or whatever, and we just we actually just kept just kept you know fooling with them, and we we'd be fighting birds. We we just we we just pulled a whole you know whatever we could think of, and finally in jail. Yep, gobbled, and, and finally they broke and came right on in, and we killed a real good turkey out. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so I'm going to take you from freezing cold weather and get you a little bit warmer. Let's go to South Florida in early March. Okay. You're on a 4,000-acre working cattle farm, and on that farm there's two to 400-acre pastures scattered around the heads of palmettas and pine trees and palm trees around the backwater sloughs and canals and all those ditches and creeks that meander through that area. Now, over the course of a couple of days, you've seen a bunch of gobblers strutting in pastures in the mornings and in the afternoons, and you've gotten some responses from birds when you've been running and gunning, but you're running into a problem that I think in certain parts of the country in certain times we probably run into and a lot of times don't know it and that problem is that when you set up on birds those previous two days that you've been hunting you've had a flock of jakes eight to twelve jakes come running in and gobbling and acting crazy to your calling and they run the mature turkey off what are you going to do 
in that situation to try to tag a bird when you got well, a bunch of know, jakes running around dominating the property. You know, that, and that's a hard that's a hard scenario right there. And uh, you know, in Florida, I ain't had that many jakes, but I have had some. But you know, most of the time, this big old bird come in a whoop snob and jake down there. But I've been in Texas and some of them other areas. I've had jake run all over that. But Florida, it really takes a cutting and running situation out of it because of the because of the way the terrain is. I mean, it's hard. It's you sound like a herd of elephants coming through the palmettos and stuff like that and and you just can't seems like and the turkeys are more field turkeys anyhow and i revert to more deer hunting you know and that is where i've seen these turkeys if i've been seeing these strutting turkeys or or the landowner has been telling me he's been seeing some turkeys strutting around i try to go to these different points and uh, it becomes a waiting game i mean really i mean and, and believe me i rub tickle feet and didn't do that a lot of times especially on pretty weather but uh, mm-hmm. just go there and i do a lot of aggressive cutting Seems like in florida, florida turkeys love cutting i don't know there's something about them but they like uh, you know doing doing a lot of cutting and and then coming in with some strong hen yaps behind it and just sitting and waiting on them you know and then uh you know, I have, I have, if Jake's has come in and I, and, and I have just got up and run them off, just get up and flush them like a heavy quail and then go right back to my setup, still just, just do some, do some cutting and yepping and have great luck with my decoys there too. I've had great luck with he and Jake's out there too in Florida with, uh, you know, seeing them and coming in there to them. But to your question on the Jake's a lot of times is that, that makes, makes it be a miserable hunt. You know, you have some Jake's so aggressive and they'll come up and meet them and i have got where i just run them off i have really done that just got up and and run them off but i've actually tell everybody when you go to florida you just need to be patient and set and these turkeys work these fields and they constantly moving and if you'll be patient move around and get in your area sooner or later and then you'll be successful yeah yeah you're right Actually, the last time that I went to Florida, that is exactly what happened with us. We had, I'm guessing there were, there was at least two flocks of jakes out no there. And no there were eight to 12, 15 of them in a, in a flock. And it's, you'd see a bird out on a pasture and you'd work around and get in front of him of where he was headed and start calling. And it was just like, they just come up out of the ground. Next no thing you know, there's eight jakes standing in front of you and then they're gobbling. And then as soon as they see the mature bird that you're calling to, they go running over there and run him off. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah. and that's tough, and and it's I mean I don't really know how to answer that. Except, yeah. You know, just keep flushing them off or whatever, try to scare them to death or whatever. But you know, that's yeah. a did y'all ever kill a long beard? We all ended up killing turkeys on that yeah. trip, and yeah. it it was just what you said. You know, we just had to stay at it, and that's man, that's one of the fun things and one of the most frustrating things about turkey hunting is that you can be so down and out on a trip or even hunting in your backyard and be walking back to the truck with your bottom lip poked out yeah. and there's a dang turkey of a lifetime roosted on the, the rail of the bed of your truck, <laughs> yeah. you know, wait, it, waiting it, on you. It can make you, it can make smiles come up on you, but. That's but, right. That's but right. If you, so, if you, if, if you ever help anybody in them and go to Florida, I think they just need to be, it becomes a waiting game. It's just, it's almost like deer hunting. You just going to have to sit and be patient and get, put yourself in areas of talk to the, you know, outfitter or whoever you land owner, or or if you have done a good job of scouting, if hey, if you're gonna be hunting for five days, if you scout pretty hard for two days and then hunt three days, I think sometimes you're better off doing that. And that way, you kind of have a good idea where the turkeys are at, and then and then then become patient with. Them. Yeah, you're right. Scouting in in that situation does play such a huge role, and if it's a working cattle farm, somebody out there knows where those turkeys are what time of day they're coming out and i would listen to every single word that that person has to say absolutely absolutely and i tell you too you know you know really on your own if you're going to be on your own property i don't know about florida but now i've reverted to a lot of these these trail cameras man i tell you what yeah. putting them around on my properties right there and it tells me and these outfitters you know will do the same thing they say well you're 10 o'clock you know we've got drove turkeys coming by here at 10 o'clock well hey you need to be there at nine o'clock waiting on them to get there at 10 o'clock and that way you won't yeah. you know trail cameras is really turned in a different level for me for deer hunting and turkey hunting 
Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I know a guy in North Carolina that hunts a bunch of fields up there, and I'm talking big crop fields. Mm-hmm. There are two, 300-acre crop fields up there that he's hunting. And he's got the cameras that just, they'll take pictures at certain times. He just programs them just to take a picture at a certain time of day. Mm-hmm. And he sets them up on stakes out in these big fields, on the edge of these big fields, and has them set to take a picture about fly down time, maybe 10 minutes after that, 10 minutes after that, and just it just keeps taking pictures throughout the day. And that joker kills more turkeys with a bow hunting out of a blind. Out of a bow with a bow. Yeah, because he's got those turkeys patterned, and he'll go and check those cameras every day or every couple of days, and he knows when a turkey's coming into a field, and he'll be in that blind before that turkey gets out there, and he'll get his decoys all set up and just be snugged away in that blind waiting on them. Well, I'm I'm excited about this year. You know, Wild Game, which is a company I work for, flex on Wild Game, they they come out with a camera that's called 360, and you put it on the stake out in the field, and it'll take a turkey's picture or a deer's picture in, you know, in a circle, whichever way they come in from. But you truly, a lot of times, you know, if you got your camera or whatever facing one way, then you can't really tell where they're coming from. With that 360, yep. I can tell exactly where the deer's coming in the field, uh, you know, in the turkeys. I've already, it's helped me some on turkeys. I mean, I ain't hunted them yet, but I know where some turkeys, where they're really coming in from right now on my property i've been checking them and uh, i really i'm excited about that camera and i think it's i think it's going to retail for 175 dollars or something like that but it's a it's a great new camera i really like that's not a bad price for that at all it may be 199 but it's from 199 on down it's it's a you know it's a little bit more because they got some cameras you know under a hundred dollars but this right here with the options of giving you and it takes good pictures too i mean in a you know 360 circle right there and it'll take them on out there to about about 80 to 90 feet out there all the way around wow that's pretty cool yes sir Speaking of that, what else do you guys have out there? What else do you have going on, whether you want to talk about Turkey Man or the show or you want to talk about some of the products that y'all have out? this year what what do you have that's new and exciting going well, on well really we Eddie's really world. don't have a whole lot of new we we actually come with flexstone come with a new uh it's called a magnum thunder series it's a little call that is that it's kind of like a cheap call that i've that i've really taken a liking to but this is a little longer one it's going to give you a little more volume it. i'm looking forward to using it this year because uh, we've just come out this new this is called magnum thunder gobble and uh it's mm-hmm. uh and what i like about it is i can do a fighting her on it. I mean, you get real aggressive. You can do that old Jake yep on it and then gobble on it too at the same time. And I love to do that. You know, kind of mix it oh, yeah. like it. And I've had great response in a really a dominant gobble. I can kind of do that little half. Kind of like a two-year breaking in, two-year-old turkey breaking into a gobble, but yet, you know, or Jake. Seems like it just gets them fired up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What do you have going on in with the Turkey Man TV show. Well, well, let's just kick back off. And, you know, we kicked off, I think, January 1st, I think, when we kicked off. I think that was my, when my first show came. It might have been the second. I don't know right now. My mind. But uh, but anyhow, I'm excited. I'm on, uh, on the Sportsman's Channel and uh, coming on Central Time. I'm at 7 o'clock on Saturday evening. I feel like that's a great time for folks, really turkey hunters. Now, for the younger generation, they all do another thing. But old turkey hunters, he's at home sitting around. I feel like that's a good time. And, you know, we got some stuff planned for this year uh, that I'm excited about. You know, hopefully uh, I'm planning on hunting with Lee and Tiffany up in Iowa this year. And mm-hmm. uh, I might hunt with Chris Cow's wife. That's a, that's a long survivor looking at right. maybe hunting with her in Texas this year. So got a couple of different things I, I hope we can get put together. And, you know, which are get started off in Florida. I go down there towards, well, down below Yeehaw Junction and down in that area around, mm-hmm. and that uh, gets the season started. Where do you hunt down there? Where did you hunt in uh, Florida? I hunted in, uh, give me a second, I'll think of the name of it. It was just south of Kissimmee. It was in... Oh, dadgummit. I'll think of the name of the little town okay. here in just yeah, a minute. Yeah, well, that's uh, I hunted around Kissimmee down in that area myself, all down in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Man, it was a beautiful place to hunt, and I hate that it was family land, and the family has now split it up, and... Hmm. Yeah, so it's not quite the same as, as it was. Yeah, well, that's normal. I don't even think he's taking hunters anymore. Well, I hunted around Arcadia, Arcadia, too, down in that area. It's pretty good in that area. So, but, uh. mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's always a fun trip. Those Osceolas are 
cool birds to hunt. You know, yes, just sir. that whole mystique of living in the swamp like they do and knowing that those Seminole Indians were hunting them. That's right. That's right. That's right. A few hundred years ago was pretty yeah, neat. You're right. You're right. So I like that. Well, Eddie, that's all that I've got for you. Okay. And okay. I want to encourage everybody to tune in to the Turkey Man on the Sportsman Channel on Saturdays yep. at 7 Central and 8 Eastern. And that's a, that'd be a good way to get some good information and get you fired up when you're down at the hunting camp for that's that Sunday right. morning hunt, wouldn't it? That's right. It would be. I guarantee you. Yes, sir. And would be, you know, would would and then value your opinion too. They can uh, get on Facebook, go to Turkey Man, and let us know what you know what they like and don't like, and what they'd like to see too. So we're always interested in. Without the, the people watching, we we ain't gonna be around. So I always like to encourage that. That's right. So do that. Visit Eddie on Facebook and like the page on Facebook. That's right. And if you got something you want to see, let him know. I know Absolutely. That anytime I've reached out to Eddie, he has been very agreeable and very receptive to coming on. And he is someone who not only loves to talk turkey, because I think we all do, but he's someone who absolutely enjoys teaching turkey as well. Absolutely. I do. I really do. And, uh, because I know I want everybody to have the excitement in the field that I get every time I pull the trigger on one. It's still there, and, and you know, that's something I hope will stay with me. I don't think it'll go away. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> it's stuck with so. you this long. I don't think it's going anywhere. No, sir. No, sir. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and, man, you need to always keep me in mind. You know, I, sometimes I get to rambling and get other thoughts in my head and have to go back and revisit questions a little bit. But so just always keep an open mind out there, any, any of the guys out there that's listening. Don't be scared to try new things. That's exactly right. Eddie, thank you again for taking time out of your day and coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it, and we will definitely get you back on again sometime soon to cover a new subject. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Mm Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview and got some great new tips out of it like I did. I've always told you guys that I enjoy hunting with people of all experience levels because I always learn something new on those turkey hunts. I hope that you guys were able to put yourself in the woods on those hunts, on those scenarios that I just ran through with Eddie, because you basically just completed your Grand Slam in less than one hour with someone who has over 40 years of turkey hunting experience. I know I put myself in those scenarios with him, and I appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. I know I'll be trying some of Eddie's strategies on some turkey hunts this coming spring, so I'm excited about that. Hey, before I turn you guys loose for a whole week, I want to chat with you for a couple of minutes. I've recently completed my list of 101 turkey hunting tips, and I'd like you to have a copy of it. Now, to get a copy, all you have to do is text the words 101TIPS, 101 TIPS, to 44222. After you text the words 101 TIPS to that number, you'll receive a confirmation text where you'll be asked to enter your email address. So do that. Text that back, and I'll make sure you get a copy of my list of the 101 turkey hunting tips emailed to you right away. I think that tip sheet, along with the strategies that Eddie went through today, will go a long way to helping you guys out in the turkey woods this coming season. So I would love for you guys to have a copy of that. Also, I want to thank all of you for listening to this show and for reaching out to me via email, on Twitter, and on Facebook. Without you guys listening to the show, there's no reason for the show. So I thank you for the time that you spend with me each week. And if you've reached out to me over the past few months on Facebook, you know I've been especially slow to respond over the past several months. So if you've left a comment, sent a message, or shared something with me there, I apologize for the delayed response. As turkey season nears, I'll be on Facebook more frequently, and I'll respond to you more quickly there as well. Now, as always, if there's a topic you'd like for me to cover or a special guest that you'd like for me to interview, send those suggestions to me via email to andy at iamturkeyhunting.com, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Also, please forward, like, and share this episode on social media if you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, subscribing is free. And don't forget to tune in next week for Lynn Frady, 
with the Matthews Pro Staff, and we are going to talk about bow hunting turkeys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.